welcome back to Our Home Libraries. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing Nothing More to Tell by Karen M. McManus. This one is a young adult thriller mystery, and it's the last book that we have scheduled for Mystery March. So we hope you had fun for this event and checked out some of the extra YouTube content that we put out. We will be ruining this book for you, so if it's something you're interested in reading, stop now and come on back because this one is a thriller, so there are some twists and turns. Definitely. And give us a listen uh, to any of our, our other episodes on our podcast. Check out our YouTube content, and please join us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I already said it, but we are on YouTube now, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> and all of those are our home libraries, plural, because we're two people. Plural. Yeah. okay so a summary for this one um the first main character that we're introduced to it kind of has two different perspectives the first one is Bryn who is a high school student and she recently got an internship at this apparently really popular true crime tv show after pitching during the interview that they cover the murder of her middle school I think he was an English teacher Mr. Larkin And this means that she's kind of going back to that school. It was a private school with all of the same classmates and kind of doing a little bit of spying, though she doesn't really like to call it that, with the goal of ultimately trying to solve who murdered Mr. Larkin. She's just um, upset that the police came to a seemingly easy conclusion and didn't really look into it. So when the murder occurred, there were three students who discovered the body, Tripp, Charlotte, and Shane. And it seemed to me reading the book that they kind of corroborated on a story that kind of, like, I don't know, you you kind of learn why they decided to discuss what they were going to say to the police. Um, But it kind of seems like they might be hiding something because of this and so the police ultimately concluded that it was a a drifter quote unquote that committed the crime anyway there are lots of twists and turns karen mcmanus is really good about twists and turns and we'll get more into that when we get into the discussion questions but how did you decide to rate this one kayla i want you to go you want me to go first because you rated it badly didn't you yeah I I actually did not give it a very good rating either. I gave it two out of five medallions. I did as well. I debated a one, but Karen McManus is a very good writer. Like, her writing Mm. is really nice to read. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy this story. Yeah, and I usually like Karen McManus. Uh, I'm the one who kind of pushed that we read one of her books, but this one fell a little bit flat for me. That's how I felt. It just was... It was flat, and the twists didn't really feel that, like, that good of a twist. Yeah. Twists, plural, because there was, like, one thing after another after another. Yeah. I didn't find it that shocking. thought it was a little bit boring, but the saving grace was that she's a really good writer. So, like, mm-hmm. I did read it all. I wasn't going to stop. Yeah, you kind of get so. to the end of the book, and you're like, all right, I read a book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I will say, though, that I typically listen to her books on audio through the Libby app, like through my library. So I don't know if 
maybe the fact that this is the first one that I've read in a physical format, maybe that made a difference in how I perceived the books. Um, I don't know, any of you guys who are listening or watching, maybe if you're thinking about picking up one of her books, it might make a difference for you, whether you do physical or audio, because I have found the audiobooks to be pretty stimulating. So Were, were the audiobooks read by the same person? I don't think so. Interesting. Okay. I was wondering if you just really liked how they read it. No, because she doesn't always follow a female character. There are also male characters that she follows sometimes. And in this book, we also get the perspective of Trip, who's a male character. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe if you read it physically and you're like, meh, give it a go on audio and see if that changes anything for you, because... I liked the audiobooks that I listened to. I just didn't really love this one. Yeah. Like you said, I think the best way to describe it was just, it was a little flat. It just didn't quite have the thrill yeah. that I thought we were going to get out of it. Yeah. And I want to say I've been pushing, it was okay. been pushing Kayla to do this. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, um, and if you've seen the reading vlog that I did where I read Simone St. James, oh my God, <laughs> she is so good. She is so good. Like, I, I devoured three of her books back to back in, like, as many days. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> She's, and I even, from your high praise for St. James, I recommended that to someone else. Like, I was like, I haven't read this yet. This is on my to-be-read pile, but my friend Carrie raved about this. And I said, my cousin Terry read it, and he read it quickly. Yeah. If you want a thriller mystery that's heavy in the thriller, Simone St. James is definitely the way to go she's got like ghosty things happening and i love ghosty things maybe maybe we can uh, revisit her for spooky yeah definitely for sure we'll consider so the questions that we are discussing today come from oprah daily again this is getting to a point where i really am strongly considering doing my best to write questions on my own i just feel like the questions that i come up with are so surface level They don't really like dig deeper into what's happening in the story, which is why I always default to Oprah when I cannot find anything online. So you'll find that link in the description for the episode if you need that again for like the the fifth time. (laughs) Sorry, she's got good. They have good questions. I mean, has a whole team. A lot of questions for different genres, all on the same web page. But for our next book, I'm I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to write the questions myself because I have questions myself so (laughs) all right so did you feel anything strongly about the characters in this book did you like any of them did you really dislike any of them i thought that the lead Bryn was actually a little obnoxious Mm. in what way i thought i thought how she handled which again she's young so we've all done silly things but how she handled going to work for motive and then how she went and like pursued the story just felt so extra like she she's like 17 it was definitely unrealistic yeah some of the things like she was doing was like very gutsy very i don't know just didn't seem to line up with how i would think most 17 year olds would be so that way when sometimes when she was talking about stuff i was like can you just stop (laughs) can you just stop um i did like trip more when it was from his perspective. And I feel like it's because the whole time I felt like he was like 
hiding something or wrestling with something. Yeah. He was like you could tell he like was like distraught by something. For sure. And you couldn't quite figure out what it was, but it made that feeling you got about him made his actions make sense. So I liked him as a character more. Mm-hmm. I think that my favorite character had to be Ellie, who's not even a main character. We don't even get her perspective. But I kind of felt like everyone else was this stereotype of some kind of high schooler. Like Shane, stereotypical jock. Okay, Bryn, mm-hmm. stereotypical teacher's pet, journalism, writing, all of that Journalist, stuff. Yeah. Charlotte, she was like the the preppy mean girl. You know what I mean? They were the all just Bindi. stereotypes. Yep. There wasn't anything that I felt was really substantial or unique about their character. Yeah. But Ellie was more... I liked Ellie a lot, yeah. Yeah, just even in the few little, like, things we saw about her, she just seemed more like typical high school student with things she likes, doesn't like, more... And you understood... More facets to her. Just in, like, you maybe get a chapter from her collectively throughout the whole book. And you understand the motivations for the things that she says, but you you don't necessarily feel that way about the other characters. You're just kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, it's like the things that they did was just because of, like, the stereotypical Mm -hmm. trope that they were playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I liked Ellie, too. Mm -hmm. Did you have any lingering questions from this book? Nah. I didn't either. (laughs) I, I said I was like, I didn't really enjoyed all that much there's nothing really else that i need expanded upon Mm -hmm. the things got wrapped up we read a book (laughs) yeah we read a book yeah we read a book what about the setting so really the most important setting is kind of this private school it's what really i guess we could call it where the plot centers do you think that the setting impacted the story yeah of course because i feel like it was definitely Shane and Charlotte come from wealthy families, mm-hmm. connected families. And Trip did not, but because he was with them, he got the protection of essentially their money or the fact that like Shane's dad had like lawyers on retainers. Yeah. Um but it's essentially kind of like the the haves and the haves not. So it I mean the setting fit that. That's what I thought. But then again, it's kind of like a stereotype of a private school. Yeah. So I, I mean, I. Yeah, the people with, with, that are there on scholarship. And yeah, I mean. Yeah, I just. Stereotypes for sure. And I'm not trying to offend anyone who loves Karen and McManus. Or Karen, if you're listening, I, I love your books. But this one, it wasn't it for me. I just felt like the whole thing, the whole book was a stereotype. You put a couple interesting names in there. Sure. But it it felt like something I have read before. And the private school setting, especially, like we've we've read plenty of books in that setting. We've read plenty of books where we have a mean girl who's dating like the best jock. And we have this one nerdy girl who likes to write, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, those tropes or stereotypes are real for a reason. There is like an existence of it, but it's like you can add more layers. And this felt like maybe yeah. we didn't quite get the layers. Yeah, I think the only person her writing is great though. Like how she writes is enjoyable. It was just right. 
I, I read it and I didn't feel like I was suffering. I mean, there are plenty of books I, I read that I'm like, yeah, like I'm snail pace. <laughs> this is going to take me a year. I don't think this one's the one. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I can read her books and I did read it relatively quickly, but I don't know. Kind of back to the setting. I think that Karen wanted this setting to be more impactful on the story than it really was. Because yeah. most of the actions that actually drive the plot are happening off campus. They're not actually on yeah. the school grounds. School grounds is just like the setting of a murder. That's it. Yeah. And it wasn't even the school grounds. It was like the forest behind the school grounds. Yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I, I do like those settings like in like some sort of academia setting. Oh, yeah, for sure. That. Like. Um, thinking back to last season or season one when we read, um, I'm blanking on that one, like the dark academia one with the witches. Yeah, the lesson, a lesson in vengeance. A lesson mm -hmm. in vengeance. Yes, I like I like school settings. I think it can be it can be like a fun addition. And it wasn't that this wasn't like a good addition. It just again kind of surface level mm -hmm. sort of stuff for sure. So we talked about how there are kind of some twists and turns in this book then and maybe you start at the beginning with one hypothesis about who committed the murder and then these twists kind of changed that was there anything that actually surprised you in the twists no because it essentially was just the same old thing that we've seen in a lot of like these mysteries or thrillers that we've read together where it's just miscommunication mm. so like you know, Trip. we find out that his motive was because he thought he was protecting his dad. He saw a medallion, he thought it was his dad's. Yeah. And so this whole time we see Trip like, really, like, struggling, like, not feeling, like, secure, like, really worried about his decisions and all that. And it was because he thought it was his dad. Mm -hmm. And if he had talked to his dad for two seconds, or talked to Bryn instead of isolating yeah. her, he would have known his dad wasn't involved. So, like... And then he gets into all this no. like self-destructive behavior because he's so conflicted about the fact that he thinks it's his dad that committed the murder. Yeah. And he could yeah. have avoided all of it. He could have avoided this like weird friendship that he has with Shane and Charlotte where Shane and Charlotte are just constantly trying to control the things that he does and the things that he control says. Him. Like he could have just not been in that friendship at all if he'd talked to his dad. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when we realized what really did happen, like, it didn't feel that shocking. It was kind of along the lines of what I thought. The only shocking thing is that um, we find out that Mr. Larkin was at the school because he had a brother there. Yeah. That's, is that even that shocking? I mean, that's kind of one thing that, that I didn't see coming, is the brother thing. Yeah. Sure, like, why would we? But we also knew that there was something else going on with Mr. Larkin. Other people made Bryn think that he wasn't, like, the most perfect guy out there. Mm -hmm. She thought he was a great teacher, like, a perfect person. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was human. He was fallible, right. too. So, I don't know. So, kind of speaking on the whole thing about Mr. Larkin having a brother, did you have any ideas about who his brother might have been before it was revealed? Yeah, so, early on, like, no joke, like, I had don't even remember how many chapters in I was. I wasn't in very many. And I said, I was like, I think it has something to do with Trip. I thought maybe Trip and him were somehow related because Trip's mom was kind of like a wild card, mm -hmm. ran off. So I was like, maybe like there's some sort of like connection there. Um, so that was my my first thought that was wrong. 
the kind of thought that we are led to by the story is that maybe Shane is Mr. Larkin's brother because Shane was adopted by his parents. So I think that naturally that's where she wanted our brains to go. But I kind of felt like that was too obvious. I did too. And then I was like, it's going to be someone that we don't know. And then it just ended up being a very secondary character that we saw like three times. Yeah. That we knew the name of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a little bit surprised that it ended up being that character. Just because like, he didn't really yeah. have any importance in the story until that point. Right. But then like, the whole thing was that... Mr. Larkin had a brother. The mom ran off with with her, his brother. And she, like, dropped off the face of the earth because Mr. Larkin and his, his dad were, was dangerous. He was a dangerous, dangerous person, mm-hmm. really controlling, would have caused harm to the, his ex-wife. So the fact that someone would, like, hide their identity and keep it so hush-hush, like, of course we wouldn't quite suspect who it was if they did a good job of hiding themselves which they had for years and years yeah they had did you have any theories about the murder i thought that it was it was shane or charlotte oh yeah i was with the shane thing my theory was that because shane and charlotte were supposed to be meeting in the woods that day that maybe he came upon mr larkin doing something to charlotte And, like, got mad about it and killed him. That was kind of where I was. I did have a feeling at one point that maybe it was Tripp's mom that killed Mr. Larkin. Because she was just, like... She was such a wild She's such a bad person. Yeah. 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 And I was trying to figure out what her motivation would be for selling the story to this YouTube guy who... And, like, making it look like her son did it. Like, what would be the motivation for making someone think that your son committed a murder other than to cover it yourself? (laughs) She just needed money. Yeah. Money hungry. Willing to lie to get the money. Even if it means hurting her child. And I feel like the fact that it was Charlotte is somewhat surprising. But really, when you look at the whole story and, like, how controlling Charlotte was, how obsessed she was with Shane like that she would do anything to protect him it doesn't seem like that far of a stretch mm. for if you're if you're listening and you want to know how this story concludes uh, at one point in the past Mr. Larkin pulled Mason who was his brother into the classroom and was like hey I know who you are I'm your brother I'm gonna call dad and dad's gonna come and get everybody you know And Shane happened to be sleeping in the closet of that classroom, because apparently that's what he did. And he's a jock, and jocks take naps instead of attending class. And uh, Shane, or I guess Charlotte, was outside of the classroom door and overheard this whole conversation. So when Shane came out of the room, she incorrectly assumed that Shane was Mr. Larkin's brother. And that Shane was going to be taken away. She didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't know that um, Mason was in there. Right. So in order to protect Shane, Charlotte killed Mr. Larkin. Instead of just asking As an eighth grader. Hit him over the head with a rock. As an eighth grader. Had enough strength to do that. Interesting. (laughs) I just didn't really like it. 
now as we're like talking about it, it's just you're you're going like mm, maybe this was one star. <laughs> I guess we just touched upon it, but were we able to guess the ending? Like somewhat, not yeah. fully. And then there was the whole thing where then I don't even remember what their real last name is, but Mr. Larkin's dad, that like dangerous guy, found them. That was probably at the, school. the only kind of thrilling part about this whole book. It was, but it also was like this could have like been not a storyline. Why did Bryn go to 20 different pawn shops and then happen upon the most dangerous guy and then happen to show him the entire like she just was annoyed. That was annoying. I'm too harsh. She's 17. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess like the the point of that was to really get across that yeah, this guy is dangerous is dangerous by showing yeah. us that he is dangerous and not just telling us that he's dangerous you know what i mean because there are a lot of authors and i guess also to like neatly wrap it up yeah and he yeah ends up dying and then mason's safe yeah there are plenty of authors who do the thing where they they say that something happened but they don't really like show it through the language that they're using yeah and that's kind of a big sticking point for a lot of people if they're gonna read something then they want to be immersed in it. They just don't, they don't want to just be told that something is happening. Yeah. And you're right. That whole, that, that scene, all of it was like really intense. So very thrilling in a way. <laughs> For a whole, what? Three pages? Four pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll pick up anything else from Karen? Yes, I will. Just because you have liked her other stuff so much. If I based it just off of this book, maybe not. But I know that you have liked other work by her um, a lot. And I do very much trust your judgment and opinion of books. So That's because of what we're reading next, though. Because I told you I'm obsessed. And you were like, I'm obsessed. I'm already obsessed. And I'm annoyed because I I need more time to like yeah. sit down and devour this uh-huh. book, but I'm getting I'm chipping away at it. It's so it'll good. it'll get to a point where you just like can't put it down. You're gonna be like, I'm just gonna lose I'm an hour of sleep so I can read an hour more. <laughs> and then it'll be three AM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's gonna happen. I like read it on my lunch break at work today and it's only a half I only have a half hour, so then I was like, No, I don't wanna go back. Yeah. I want to keep reading. I think... But the one we're talking about, the next one, is going to be Lore by Alexandra Bracken. Yeah, we got to get our Greek mythology fix. Absolutely. It it does excite me. I love Greek mythology, and this one is a very cool twist. Yeah, I've been working on the questions a little bit, and I texted Kayla the other day, and I was like, yeah, so I was watching this YouTube video, and these people were really trashing this book. And now I like feel kind of weird about it because I love this book. And Kayla was like, oh, I love this book. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) We love this book. (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's a really creative, creative retelling. I like it. Yeah, it's a good spin for sure. Yeah. So next week, join us with that one. Mm -hmm. Get to reading. Yeah, really excited. Next week, two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed the conversation today, check out some of our previous episodes. Be sure to head over to Instagram and or YouTube and let us know if there's anything you want us to read or discuss in the future. We love new ideas. 
And we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen. And we'll speak to you guys next time. Bye. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Bye.